Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their life by design. In these episodes, he relates his financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now, on to the show. Hey, Royal. How you been? I'm good. How are you doing, Eric? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to get into today's podcast, but you are in a highly regulated industry. Yes, I am. And because of that, sometimes we have a disclosure that needs to be read. So let's do it. All right. Here's the disclosure for today. Discussions in this show are for educational purposes only. Information presented should not be considered specific investment advice or a recommendation to take any particular course of action. Always consult with a financial professional regarding your personal situation before making any financial decisions. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory service offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors and United Planners are independent companies, and neither Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors nor United Planners offers tax or legal advice. Okay, now that we've taken our medicine, can we get on with the show? Let's go. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm getting over a cold, so uh, moving a little slow today. All right. Well, we'll see if I can match that energy of that intro. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll try. If, if I have to carry us, I'll carry us. But Royal, I know you well enough. You get, you get pretty excited <laughs> about the stuff we talk about. Today, we are going to dive into you, right? All about you and kind of some of your history and uh, who you are at your core. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is going to give the audience, you, the listening audience, a real good insight into who Royal is, why he does what he does, and uh, it's it's going to come through very very quickly with that. So, Royal, first let's, let's set a foundation in place. Why did you decide to work in financial services? Tell us a little bit about your history there. Yeah, so I grew up with parents who were entrepreneurs. You know, my dad, after he got out of the military, just started buying homes, fixing them up, renting them. And he really grew kind of a, a small little empire down in San Diego. He, I think he owned at one point about a hundred different residential homes oh, yeah, wow. uh, in San Diego during the seventies and then sold them promptly right before California real estate really started to go up in the eighties. So, so yeah. timing was an issue, but uh, he had that incredible work ethic, you know, having been bored in the depression and uh, my mom and dad bought a little motel out in uh, Southern Oregon in O'Brien, which is a town of 129 people. Oh, uh, so a thriving metropolis, <laughs> metropolis. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I got to be raised with that that work ethic and that idea that you know the more effort you put in, the the bigger those results are. And you know, growing up, I could see the the challenges my mom went through as a small business owner, mm -hmm. and then also when my mom got sick with cancer when I had uh, uh, was had just turned nineteen, seeing what that kind of lack of preparation would do to someone and do to a family really hit home for me. Yeah. And I just began to realize that, you know, at, at a certain point, Hey, I do want to work for myself. Um, I want to be able to kind of control my own destiny. 
And I began to realize that I really had a, a passion for working with people and explaining somewhat difficult concepts to people and giving them that education and helping them make better decisions about their future. So that's really what drew me into financial services initially mm-hmm. was that that desire to help people make better decisions. I never considered myself, you know, an amazing salesperson or something like that. I was really just somebody who wanted to sit down, need a knee with somebody and help them evaluate, hey, what ha- what are you bringing to the table right now? What have you done so far up to this point? What are the decisions you need to make at, from this point on? And what does that mean to you over the long run? So that's what really drew me into financial planning. And so that's what I've been doing the last you know, 20 years or so is working in financial services, learning the, the, the basics of, you know, the markets and that sort of thing, how to invest, what a good solid portfolio looks like. Those are just table stakes for what we do here, but it's really the advanced education that I went through and just the philosophy that I've developed over years with the help of some amazing mentors in my life where we really have a client centric outlook on mm-hmm. providing advice and building financial plans for people. All right. That's, that's fantastic. I love that. I've known you for years, Roy. You've got a robust library of podcasts already um, with a lot of great information. So if somebody's listening to this for the first time, they can go back and learn so much about what you teach. I love the fact that you said, you know, you're not much of a salesperson through our conversations you're not a salesperson. That's not an insult. It's you're just having conversations with people and things that they need, want, desire come out of those conversations. And then you're able to match them with the things that they need and or want to reach the goals that you guys are talking about. So I love that. I love that about you. I know the audience is probably just getting to know you through these podcasts. And and again, I encourage them to dive into a ton of them because there's a lot of great information. So let's move on from there. Give the audience some specifics about who you work with and kind of what your specialty is. Sure. So, you know, over the years, we, we've we worked with hundreds of people, helping them transition from I'm working, I'm saving. Okay, I'm going to retire one time. Mm-hmm. I hope I get this right. We have retired, you know, hundreds of people at this point. We have gone through this process hundreds of different times of, What does it look like when you put in your notice saying, I'm retiring on this state, and then the first of the month rolls around and you don't have any income coming in from anywhere? Mm -hmm. What happens there? So our real specialty here at Oregon Pacific is retirement planning for individuals and families. How do we help people make that transition into this kind of weird world that we all are working towards, this idea of retirement? How do we make that transition? That's probably the simplest and and most basic way we can describe our our, most of our clientele. For me personally, over the years, I've really begun to specialize in business owners making a much more complicated transition of how do I transition out of this business uh, in many different ways. As a business owner, there's so many different ways that you can transition into retirement. Uh, And I use air quotes there because For a business owner, they can really decide what retirement looks like for them. Is it that, hey, we're just going to stop working 50 hours a week, hire a general manager, and, you know, go into the office, read the paper, and and do that for the next 10, 20 years? We've helped people do that. We've helped people say, okay, I'm done. I want to wash my hands of this. How do we transition out of that? How do we pass it on to our our kids? 
you know, are our kids the right choice for transitioning this business to? So we love working with that just from a complexity standpoint. There's so many different factors that go into someone selling a business and then transitioning mm -hmm. uh, that we just, we just love. There's so much estate planning that's involved, tax planning and financial planning that all weave in together to really create a successful outcome, not just for the business owner. Most of the business owners I, I work with have a lot of caring for the people that, that work for them. They want to make yeah. sure their employees are taken care of. And so they're not just looking for that highest multiple. They're looking for a, a transition to make sure that their employees are taken care of as well. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I think that makes for a much more active, much more active involvement, uh, which kind of leads to my next question. What do you look for in a client? I, I don't want to ask you what your ideal client is because I think that's too broad. What do you want your client's involvement to be? How, what do you want their behaviors to be when they participate in this process? What does that look like? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question of what is that attitude that yes. we're looking for in clients? And it's really somebody who is going to be actively engaged in the process and is bringing their own questions and thoughts to the process. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we, we, we know what we're doing. We've been doing this a long time, but we love to he hear that feedback from people of, well, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? And we can evaluate all of those different options. What's really hard is somebody who says, nah, I don't care. Or hey, I'm just not going to return your calls for a couple months. Yeah. It's, it's, especially when you're selling your business, it's, it's a big challenge there of, Hey, let's stay engaged because, you know, there are deadlines that we're working towards to help you with taxes and, and estate planning, all of those different things that we want to make sure that we're staying on top of. So really it's somebody who's engaged in the process with us. Now, when it comes to how they live their lives after that, that process, we really want them to go and enjoy themselves and not worry about all the other stuff. So we do, we are looking for people who are wanting to go and not worry so much about the money. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking for, for people who want us to help them manage that and take that off their shoulders. Because oftentimes once you retire, you really don't want to be watching the news every day. You really yeah. don't want to be watching the markets. You want to be going and enjoying your family, your, your, your hobbies, other activities, you want to be doing those things, not worrying about, you know, what the latest report was from Tesla. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I would, I would say that a happy retirement is one where you're not watching the major news outlets with all the junk that they put out there just to get people's reactions. It's it, really a happy life is just less news. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know that you started this podcast as, as an educational component of what you do. Um, you, you've been doing this for quite some time as far as the podcast is concerned, but I know that this, this isn't the only education you do for clients and for, for just the general audience. What else do you do? Yeah. So we're usually putting on at least one or two educational events a year. Mm -hmm. You know, that could just be a quick webinar here or there. You know, it could be bringing in a speaker to, to speak to our clients. Uh, we're, we're getting back into that habit after COVID, you know, <laughs> shut everything down and, mm -hmm. and, uh, but we're, we're looking forward to doing more and more of that over the coming years and really expanding what we're offering to clients, uh, about, a, uh, a lot of different topics. I think the, the biggest topic that we keep trying to provide value in here is really when it comes to cybersecurity and identity theft. 
I think yeah. that's such a big factor right now of what our clients are dealing with just from the standpoint of the number of phishing phone calls, phishing emails, threats to your, your, your identity that are coming from the dark web and artificial intelligence and social engineering. All of these things are, are things that we want to help our clients avoid as much as possible. And that's really just from the simple fact of what can seem like a harmless interaction over the phone or online can take hours and hours and days and days of stress and worry to try yeah. to clean up and fix. Yeah. The stories 100%. we've had from clients of, Hey, I clicked on a website and it said I had a virus and it told me to call this number and I did. And then they came on and they fixed my computer and now I have a bill for $7,500. Oh man. It's like, okay, so <laughs> yeah. let's talk about these things before they happen. Let's educate people about how those phishing attacks are happening. Uh, so that, that educational standpoint doesn't always have to be directly financial of, you know, what's, what's the best uh, stock out there? How do you evaluate whether you should be in growth or value stocks? That's what we do. That's the background information. It's really those behavioral things that our, our clients um, should be focusing on because they have so much more control over it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that you don't do this alone. I mean, you're the face of the podcast, you're the voice of the podcast, but you have a team. And so I want you to introduce folks to who's on your team and what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And and that team has grown quite a bit in the last five years since we started the podcast too. Mm -hmm. um, so really uh, our team here in uh, Medford, Oregon, which is our primary location here, uh, we've got four other advisors here in the office, uh, Emma Nelson, James Moreau, and Rich Todd. And uh, we were adding on some other newer advisors, uh, which you'll be hearing from on the podcast in future episodes, that we're really excited about bringing on extra capacity to work with folks. Now, my team in the background that helps me do all this is uh, led by Audrey Isbell. She's my uh, chief operations officer. And then we have Carrie Hayes doing all of our new client paperwork and transfers. Um, and then uh, Lindsay and Amanda are handling all of our uh, existing client work. You know, do all that stuff that happens in the background, distribution, change of beneficiaries, change of address forms. They're handling all that. And then probably the person you talk to the most, if you call in, is Maddie. She's uh, running our, our front desk operation. So uh, we've got a big team here. Uh, I know I'm leaving out a few people as well who... Uh, don't do as much client-facing things like Rachel and Marlene, but they're all essential to really providing that client experience that is so important to what we do. We always want people to feel like we're here, we're listening, we're ready to assist whenever you need us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, part of what you do, it comes from a vast education that you have personally. And I, we, we spoke a little bit about the education that you provide for clients and, and the public, especially with this podcast, but walk us through your designations just a little bit, because it can get a bit of alphabet soup and people get intimidated, but if they truly understand what those designations mean and what you've done to achieve those, I think it's, it, it'll be much clearer to them exactly why you specialize in what you specialize in. Right, right. So I do, I do have a bit of alphabet soup after my name, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm also very proud of all the education I've gone through uh, over the years because that's really brought me to the place where I feel like I'm really able to provide 
so much value to a client's life because of that education. So the major designation I have is my chartered financial consultant. And that that was really kind of a uh, master's program. And it's not actually a master's program. I shouldn't say that because there is a, a master's in financial planning, but it's really a specialization when it comes to financial planning with clients. Um, it's very comparable to the uh, certified financial planner designation that's out mm-hmm. there. And, you know, I did that probably 10 years ago and it's really been amazing to see, you know, how that provided a foundation and then allows me to, to grow off of that. Then I have two designations that are really specific to the retirement planning space. We do a lot of business with 401ks and working with business owners and corporations to really provide hands-on education to 401k participants, Mm -hmm. as well as managing 401k plans as efficiently and making them as user-friendly as possible. Uh, And those are the accredited investment fiduciary, the AIF, and then the uh, CRPS, which is Certified certified Retirement Plan Specialist. Uh, Both of those are focused on retirement plans and how those function for people in saving for retirement. The last one I have is, is my was actually my first designation I got, and that was just a certification in long-term care. Uh, I've had all three parents go through some manner of long-term care mm-hmm. before they passed away. So that's just something that's near and dear to my heart, seeing how devastating that can be to a family and the financial reality of providing care for someone for an extended period of time, uh, I think a lot of people just aren't prepared for. Yeah. Yeah, I think the statistic you've, you've spoken about it on the podcast before, but I, I think the stat is still one out of four people sitting around a table eating dinner is going to need long-term care. And that's I, the first time you told me that I just, I, there's a couple that we go out to dinner with quite often. I'm like, man, that is, that's scary because that, that can sink one of those couples if they're not prepared, like you're talking about. So yeah, that a- a- absolutely. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, I've, I've got a, a deep question for you, Royal. If you could explain it or if you could define it, what is your financial philosophy? So I'm really pretty conservative, I would say, when it comes to my financial philosophy. Uh, We've worked with the Dave Ramsey program for the last, I think, uh, 10, 11 years now. So that, that way of really trying to manage your financial life in a conservative way that gives you a lot of choice uh, has really had, I think, had a big impact on me. That whole idea of living debt-free, investing a significant amount of uh, your uh, income towards retirement and really trying to establish what financial independence looks for you is really, really important. I think there's this whole generation that has grown up seeing people flashing their wealth on Instagram and TikTok and doing mm-hmm. these things that are just really more for show uh, that is, have really perverted you know, what it means to be financially successful and financially independent. And I've worked with enough people who have gone through this process that I, I really don't care what your career is, um, you know, how much money you're making. There is a way for you to be financially successful and independent using these conservative baby steps that Dave lines out. So mm-hmm. from, from a financial standpoint, that's really where a lot of my viewpoint comes from. Um, you know, I don't obviously agree with everything Dave says, but um, I think it's such good information from just a basic standpoint that if we could teach this in schools, we would just have a, a, a much better um, 
population of people making much better financial decisions all around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that you, we've been together for quite some time uh, with this podcast and you guys have been through a lot in Oregon with fires and different things within your, the state and even in the local community. And so that's what I want to ask you next is what do you do in your local community? Um, and for those that haven't heard, there's a couple of podcasts that Royal recorded probably a year or so ago with some, some charities uh, that you have locally there. They were great conversations, uh, but I know that you're active in your community. What do you guys do? Yeah. So right now, um, most of my efforts are going into uh, the uh, Asante Foundation, which is our local hospital. Right there, we're, we're building a very large new hospital, a women's and children's hospital here. And we're just very excited about that, that yeah. process. We're about halfway through that. The, the other things that I'm looking at here and where my heart goes out to and has for years is, you know, children dealing with that edge of poverty. Mm-hmm. So I spent about 10 years on the Southern Oregon Head Start board. Um, on and off and, and, you know, just seeing the impact of that early childhood education and um, that support that can be given both not only to the kids, but the families through an organization like that. And then I spent about 10 years on the Maslow Project Board, which, which also focuses uh, exclusively on uh, children dealing with homelessness. So that is something that is near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. which is uh, helping kids at least just get the opportunity to have a good start into adulthood. Yeah. It's, it's just so essential. I know that's something that's important to you too, which we're going to explore in a future podcast. So yeah, the, the, those are two organizations that are near and dear to my heart. The other that I'm, I'm just starting to work with is the Oregon Shakespeare Festival Endowment Fund. The, the Shakespeare Festival, you know, is kind of a, a, a world renowned Shakespeare Festival here in Ashland, Oregon that because of COVID and fires has just had a lot of challenges there. So uh, I'm excited to, to begin working uh, with them, you know, shoring up that endowment and making sure that they're there for another uh, hundred years. They're, yeah. they're I think, uh, 85 years into their history. So wow. not, not an insignificant amount of time they've been around. Yeah. Seriously, that's great. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, our, our hearts are knitted very closely together, Royal, as we've talked about before. I love the fact that you were working with this with kids and families before you had kids, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, in the last four or five years of this podcast, you've welcomed a new little one into your life and you're a family man. So I want to get a little bit personal with you. You, you chose Oregon as your place of residence. You've, you're raising your family there. Tell me what you like about just the community with your family there and, and the kind of some of the things that you do when you're not working. Yeah, absolutely. So where where we live in Oregon is just a fantastic place to live from a natural resource standpoint of, you know, we're, we're, we're about an hour and a half away from the Pacific Ocean and the, the beautiful beaches, the beautiful and chilly beaches of Oregon. <laughs> yep. Been there. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're two hours from Crater Lake, you know, we've got the Oregon caves right in our backyard. Um, and just some of the most beautiful forest and hiking trails that, that uh, are really in the country. So we just feel extremely blessed to, to live here in such a, a beautiful place. You know, it's, it's been interesting in the last couple of years that that perspective has been challenged with all of the wildfire fires we've had. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of, of okay years the past two years, but 
uh, I think that's going to be a continuing ongoing challenge here of um, how livable is it in July and August as we have those fires pop up around the, the area where uh, this morning, just driving in here to Medford, coming over the hill, we see that smoke on the horizon and, you know, start to dread, okay, what what's this year going to look like? So that, that is a challenge, but but, you know, I was uh, I was raised here in Oregon. I, I just l- love the people. I love the community that we have um, and the natural beauty around us is is just second to none. Yeah, absolutely. So taking advantage of that beauty is obviously one of the things that you do with your family. What else? What else do you do with your little ones? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're always kind of on the go with them. Uh, I've got a, <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a nine-year-old uh, girl, uh, Nori. And then a uh, almost three-year-old son, uh, Nico. And uh, Nico is full of energy and just wants to go, go, go and tear things off the walls and just go crazy. <laughs> so we're just dealing with these terrible twos and the uh, hoping that this is a phase that he will grow out of at some point. My my daughter has, has really discovered, I think, a, a love or enjoyment, at least, for theater. Uh, so she was in a, in a show, nice. uh, uh, the Matilda musical they did in Grants Pass here last year. And she just fell in love and love with it. She's right now doing at a theater camp as well. So uh, she's having cool. a, a great time exploring that creative outlet. And then, you know, with, with, with Nika, we're just trying to keep up. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's, I don't know how people do it. Royal, I'll be honest. You know, I was, I was a grandfather early, right. I was young as a grandfather. And I remember probably two or three years after I became a grandfather, I was, you know, I was on Facebook and one of my high school friends like, Hey, we just had a baby. And I'm like, are you insane? (laughs) How do you possibly keep up, you know, with a, with a small child like that at my grandkids, I can send them home. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of it. Oh, good grief. So yeah, I, I I feel you. I I hear what you're saying and a little bit of coffee. What's your go-to drink just to, just to keep up. Oh, in the mornings, um, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely black coffee. Yeah, it's interesting. My my perspective was changed because or my, my perspective is a little bit different because my father was 51 when I was born. Oh, wow. And I okay. was his first. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's... And so, so that was back in the 70s. So, yeah. you know, a little, little bit different there. A little bit yeah. different. And how many siblings do you have? So you I've got, I, I was the first and I've got uh, one sister, Rachel. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Who lives in the area, which is which is wonderful and a blessing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. All right. So w- when when it comes to business and pleasure, I know that you it's a small community, so you you run into to clients. How do your clients approach like generational issues? Right. I mean, I know that you help them plan for generations, but when it comes to having grandkids and then these surprise events that happen, right? Because we were surprised to be grandparents as early as we were. And now we're like, okay, what can we do to help ensure that they get to go to the school that they want to, or that they should for the education that they want? And so there's a lot of planning involved with that. How do you approach that with your clients out of curiosity? You know, it's a topic we always bring up and I think every family approaches it differently. Mm-hmm. Some, some really say, Hey, th- this is on you. We, we, we're, we're going to do very specific things to support you, but nothing else. And others are just basically say, Hey, what, what can I do mm-hmm. to really give, you know, this loved one that, that, that step up. And, uh, it was fun. I was working with a client just, just a little while ago 
And we had set up a 529 plans a couple of years before, and she had some, some money coming from an inheritance. We just kind of walked through, okay, if we put this much here and this much here, look, in 10 years, you're going to have enough saved up for about two years worth of school, which is our, our, our benchmark for how much you should be saving in a 529 plan. And it was just the smile on her face of just like, okay, I, I've checked this, that off the, off, off the list. I've, I've done that. I don't have to worry about that anymore. My, my kids yeah. are going to have their college paid for. So, so that's just a wonderful feeling all around to, to be able to help parents and grandparents do that is really just a, a joy and a blessing. Yeah. All right. So how do you keep up? Right. And, and that I say that not with your son, but how do you keep up with the constant changes? Right. Cause you, you've had podcasts about the secure act, secure act 2.0. You really went through it in depth as deep as we could dive on. I think the documents like 1700 pages, but mm-hmm. how do you keep up with all that? I mean, I know it's quote unquote, I'm using air quotes on the podcast. I know it's your job, but at the same time, there's so much information. How do you do that and, and be able to bring that relevant information to your audience and to your clients? Yeah, I think it's really about building a team. Um, so I have a team of people that are my go-tos in the industry for educational resources, uh, you know, that I go and I, you know, spend, spend money on getting mm-hmm. that education. So I was just at uh, an Ed Slot conference earlier this year going over all of those secure act provisions and how those affect IRAs and 401ks. You know, that's something that we're always looking to do is how are, how are we keeping that sword sharp Yeah, or whatever's coming? So we're always looking at conferences. We're always doing webinars and, and that sort of thing to really make sure that we're giving the best possible advice to our clients. Okay. Well, that, that brings me to another question then, because and we've discussed a little bit on the podcast, but I really want this episode to be kind of the epicenter of who you are and how you work. So when it comes to team members, not just the ones that are in your office, like from my understanding, if I remember right, you don't have a a, a real estate attorney in your office. You don't have a, a, a estate planning attorney in your office. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but right. these are folks that you have in your bench or on your bench, if you will. Um, so explain how that works with, with the relationships that you, you currently have. And then what happens if a client is coming to you with some existing relationships and, and how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So once again, we're big believers in teamwork yeah. and we're big believers in our clients having the best possible team that they can have. So when a client comes in and doesn't have those relationships with a CPA, estate planning attorney, uh, kind of name whatever that is, we help them establish those relationships to get that work done. Oftentimes, the the thing we're referring most to is an estate planning attorney or a CPA. Um, A lot of folks have had a CPA for a while, but we're seeing a ton of retirements in that space Mm. where people Mm -hmm. are just saying, okay, well, now I'm working with somebody I've never met before. And I don't know, you know, how the quality is. So we, we help work, work people through that, that decision-making of do they have the right players on their team? Because oftentimes, you know, we are happy to work with uh, a client's attorney or CPA, but we just want to make sure that they're getting the right, the right advice in those areas. And, you know, we've been doing this long enough where we can get a pretty good sense with just a conversation of how are, how are these, these team members approaching this client situation? 
And is that the right fit for the client? So we do make recommendations sometimes that it's time to upgrade your team. It's time to maybe bring in another tax preparer, bring in another attorney. If, if the ones you have don't specialize in a certain area. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. And then the last, I, I've got one more question. Well, I have two. The, the last question will be, I'm just going to give you this ahead of time. Is there anything that I missed that I should have asked you? So be thinking about that. But before we get to that one, tell me what the future of Oregon Pacific Financial is. Tell, tell me what, what's on the horizon, Royal. Yeah, so I think our horizon is is really interesting. I think we're 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 at an inflection point this year. Um, we're going through a process where we're we're going back over our our mission and and vision for the future, uh, codifying our guiding principles, and then we're going to be working towards a rebrand because as we expand out of state, you know, being tied to Oregon Pacific mm. is, is really location specific. And I don't think real really signifies our, our brand as much as it as it once did. So we are probably looking at a rebrand here uh, in the coming six to twelve months, okay. um, and that's something we're actively working on. Um, we're expanding. We're bringing on new reps, and we're excited about that because my goal has always been is of how many people can we help prepare for retirement and take away worry and fear in their financial lives. Yeah. And the more advisors we have, the bigger impact we can have doing that for our clients and for our communities. Perfect. Love it. All right. Now we're on to that question that I, I warned you about. What did I miss? <laughs> what else should the, the audience know about you? Um, you have been pretty thorough today. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I think we've, we've covered, uh, quite a bit of that. You know, I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest misnomer is I don't need a financial planner yet. I'm not to that point. I'm not to that level. Yeah. However, when we sit down with folks and we have that initial conversation, we chat with them when we see all these mistakes that were made in the past. Yeah. And we, we never want to play the game of let's make you feel bad for every bad financial decision you made. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've seen some planners do that. It's, it, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Agreed. But what that tells us is it's probably not too, too early to go see a financial planner Yeah, and start that process and, and establish that relationship earlier than you think you need it. It's great advice be because at some point, Everybody feels like they'll need a financial planner. If you start with them early, you're probably going to get to that place where you think you need them a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. Which means more success in most cases, in my opinion. In most, in most cases, yes. Yes. Fantastic. Or you're not going to keep digging that hole so deep. Yes. Right. Yeah. We can all <laughs> use that advice when you're younger. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that the one question I have not asked yet that I will ask now is how do people reach you? Um, this is, something just to, just to have that opening conversation. Yeah. The best way to reach us is visit our website at opfa.com. You can make an appointment right there online at any time or call our office at 541-772-1116. All right. Royal, thank you so much. This is great. I appreciate all the info today. Let me put you on the spot. Hey, my pleasure. Good to talk with you. Yep. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. 
This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review. This actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 